I think in in the whole process of starting starting a business that I have no experience with and kind of going through these like ups and downs of like now I know what I'm doing and then having something new come along and now I have no idea what I'm doing and like kind of working through that like over and over again um it's been the most challenging process I've ever gone through and it gets a little bit easier every time but I think the most important thing that I've taken from it is to like make sure that I'm not pouring, like, I can't, I'm not trying to pour from an empty pot and, like, taking care of myself. Hey, this is Girl Let's Talk About Food, presented by You Can Do It, Do It. Today, we've got Victoria Young of Vic's Handcraft Ice Cream in Providence, Rhode Island. So, Vic, what makes ice cream special to you? I have fond memories of getting ice cream with my parents in um, East Quag, Long Island, as a tot, and... Um, Vanilla was my go-to. Rainbow sprinkles on top. Still my favorite to this day. Yeah. yeah. Rainbow sprinkles. Thank you. We'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll come back. That's awesome. So ice cream was kind of cemented as a, a special moment for you with, with family. Totally. Yes, absolutely. Do you have any experience initially like growing up making ice cream or? None growing up. Not until I went to pastry school. Then I made ice cream. Where'd you go to pastry school? Johnson and Wales, as you do. Yep, that's what brought me to Rhode Island. Did you know that you were going to study some sort of culinary, or was it just sort of exploratory when you started? When I started at JWU, it was very specific to pastry. Um, I had transferred to Johnson and Wales from Rutgers in New Jersey, where I was studying um, psychology and neuroscience. So I was pre med, hated it, and uh, got a shop in a bakery one summer to kind of like find my new way yeah. and ended up applying to Johnson and Wales and like going down that road. So what was that uh, like the entrance letter like for you of, of saying like, I'm switching from this pre-med path into yeah. pastry. And I remember my essay very specifically actually. Yeah. And I talked about the overlap between the two and like how scientific baking is and how like that I think is why I was attracted to it so much but it also allowed some room for creativity less uh, life-threatening that's right that's <laughs> right general. way less risky until you open a business and then, that's yeah. true then it's just a risk on you not <laughs> right, necessarily right. your customers yeah <laughs> are you into savory cooking and stuff as well or is it just like pastry not really I mean pastry is what I'm super passionate about I've been learning to cook a little bit more with my fiance, like he's he's teaching me how to cook pretty much because I'm like so clueless in the kitchen when it comes to like just throw a little bit of this in there. Like that's not for me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is ice cream technically part of pastry? Yes. It yeah. is. Yeah. I had no idea. Did you? No way. I never would have thought that. Although I guess I don't know what umbrella it would have fallen under. Yeah delicious things <laughs> we had one class on ice cream at johnson and wales um in my technically four-year degree there um there's only one class that specifies we're gonna make ice cream here so there's a little bit of uh learning curve when i decided to actually open an ice cream company did you have other areas that you were evaluating or were you pretty hard set on yeah it's gonna be ice cream and that's how i'm gonna do it well i knew that i didn't want to open a bakery so that was like something that I avoided really hard. I just, there, there are so many and, um, I felt it wasn't like a challenge enough for me. Hmm. 
I wanted something. Yeah, I I don't like the easy way. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to challenge myself, and um, I ended up buying this like ice cream machine and playing around with a lot at home, and um, decided that would be a fun thing to to do as a business. And um, it kind of just stemmed from there. But I never I never like went to Johnson and Will saying like I'm going to study here for four years and then I'm going to open an ice cream shop. Like it was never in the plan. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your business. So it's Vicks Handcrafted Ice Cream. Yes. I love the name. Thank you. Is, uh, is Vicks significant to you in any way? Not really. I just kind of drew it out of that. No, it's obviously my name. Um, Vic is a lot easier than saying Victoria when yeah. you're in the kitchen. So that can it kind of um, nickname came from working in kitchens and then Janet Stock perpetuated that. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And so you started out you know, with this machine that you bought, kind of experimenting with different flavors. Mm-hmm. How many years ago was this? That was the summer of 2017. So just under two years ago. Yeah. What was your first kind of step into, I want to start doing this, not just for me, but for other people? From the from the moment that I decided to make it a business to like my first pop-up, there was it was like a month and a half. So it was pretty much just like, hitting the ground running, like getting all paperwork licensing and all of that stuff. Um, and just like continuing to do what I was doing at home in a professional kitchen. Um, like making flavors that I thought people would enjoy. Like what? Like blueberry basil sorbet and, um, bourbon butterscotch. I think there was a lavender white chocolate in there somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. You went from that and did pop-ups. So what's, Mm -hmm. what's the, what's a pop-up? Yeah, so a pop-up is a term that the health department hates. It is um, it's basically a food truck without the truck. Okay. So you're kind of like farmer's market style, popping a table into an existing business and selling your, your product there temporarily for like, for me, it's like four hour window. Yeah. yeah. And why do they hate it so much? Because it's not... A thing, you know, it's either you're a food truck and you have a truck that they can license, or you're an establishment and you have this establishment. Yeah. So they're kind of changing the rules now. That right, because they're like, how do we make sure you're not going to kill people? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So for ice cream, you've got to keep it cold. That's right. How do you do that? <laughs> dry ice. Okay. Dry ice. Is it like dry ice in a big cooler, and you just kind of bring mm-hmm. that around? Yeah. So uh, dry ice. I use dry ice to transport the ice cream, and then. Um, I put put the ice cream into a different cooler without dry ice because at that point it's too hard to even scoop. Oh. Yeah. And you let it slack out a little bit and then it's cold enough for four hours unless it's like 100 degrees where I'm scooping and then, then not <laughs> different so much. problems. Yeah. At Johnson & Wales, I guess I didn't even think of it this way because you were saying like figuring out what you were going to do after you got out. Mm-hmm. I guess some people would just be like, okay, I've got this degree. Let me go apply someplace mm-hmm. to be an employee there. Now, they, they do like some business training and stuff there as part of their normal curriculum, right? Yes. So it's kind of like you understand some of that before you leave. Totally. Uh, what made you want to leave and just make your own business? When I graduated Johnson & Wales, I was working at Stock, um, and I actually ended up – that was like in the fall, and I ended up working – um, for Jan full time for almost a year before I even decided to start my own business. So it was kind of, I was still like figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't know 
if I wanted to start a business, what it was going to be. I was really unsure. Um, and then while I was at Johnson & Wales, I worked in – I did two internships, um, one for a restaurant in New York City, Cafe Balloud, um, and then I did another one at a restaurant called Noma in Copenhagen. And the, those were my sort of um, intros to the fine dining world, which – like ultimately I thought that was what I wanted to do when I graduated. I thought I wanted to become a, a pastry chef for a fine dining restaurant and like sort of climb the climb the ladder there and um I pretty quickly learned that wasn't gonna work for my lifestyle. What aspect of it? Don't have a life when you do that. And um the, all of the restaurants that I really wanted to work in were so far from like home, which even in New York City, like I, I knew that I didn't want to live in New York City for the rest of my life, even though that's where I'm from. Um, I, I just knew I wanted something that would give me a little bit more balance, which is really ironic now sitting here and owning a business where I have very little balance. But <laughs> I'm hoping that it's temporary, you know, in yeah. a few years it'll balance out. Doc, just to sort of fill folks in, is this local kind of kitchenary, culinary supply mm-hmm household goods store it they jan has a local business owner running this business kind of calling the shots and being there and seeing that experience did that have some sort of effect on you when you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do next yeah so so much i mean jan um I call her my Rhode Island mom. Um, she's she's the reason that I stayed in Rhode Island, whether I was going to open a business here or not. Um, she was taking me out to new restaurants and introducing me to a lot of people in the food net, like network here. Um, so that was huge. And then being being a part of that like stock family and and meeting the chefs and cooks that were coming in for things and um, meeting people who were doing pop-ups at stock and kind of learning from them and watching them like that, that all like felt like unintentional training to like lead me to what I decided to do. I did have a question about Noma in in Copenhagen, just probably Mm -hmm. because that's an interesting place to Mm -hmm. do an internship. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. So what kind of restaurant was that? So Noma is... Uh, well known for being the number one restaurant in the world, like five years running. In the world. In the world. Sheesh. Yeah. Um. No pressure. No pressure there. <laughs> yeah, it was a very intense three months of my life. Yeah. Really long days in a country that I didn't speak the language. Um, in the kitchen itself, everyone spoke English, so that made it a little bit easier to navigate, but. It was hard. It was really hard. Um, I learned so much there and I like met some amazing people there. Um, but I like at the end of it knew like I was like, oh, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah. So that's the that's kind of the lesson it taught you. Biggest that, lesson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it taught me a lot about flavor and fermenting and like yeah, all of those yeah. cool things, too. And then hospitality it taught me a lot about hospitality and how to like treat guests and make people feel welcome and um that's something that I want to bring into my shop when I open did you you focused on pastry there or was it everything so they don't really technically have like a pastry program there um so I did a little bit of everything like including foraging for ingredients like we'd go on like field trips essentially to the beach and like pick beach roses and um yeah, yeah. For one and, in the world, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and then we'd like pick herbs. That was like a big job for the interns. And then um, kelp tarts. I was 
exclusively the kelp tart maker for like two of the three months. So like twice a day to make these batches of, of kelp seaweed tarts. <laughs> kelp tarts. What, yes. what, is, know, a, what is a kelp new, tart? New from yeah. Kellogg. Kelp yeah. tarts. <laughs> yeah. Really nutritious. Um, it's actually not a dessert on their menu. It was part of, um, I mean, they don't really have like apps and main courses, right? So it's like a succession of, of dishes, but it was um, one of their savory first courses. It was like this seaweed tart made with seaweed um, flour that we'd grind up and seaweed oil that we'd like let sit overnight and then yeah we'd make this tart shell it was very green obviously and do you think um you know we'll get into this in a little bit just there there's a it seems like there's a lot of creativity in your flavors and the kind of ice cream that you produce in, in particular compared to any other place i've ever seen you know um what i've tasted is delicious the stuff i've seen is really interesting um did this restaurant have some influence on that as well? It sounds like they had some interesting flavor profiles too. Yeah, I think they did. Um, I wish, and like one of my goals going into the shop this year is to like actually lean into that more. Um, because like I said, my favorite flavor in the world is vanilla. So like <laughs> I need to <laughs> be more experimental, but it definitely has um, played a huge role in like how I choose my flavors and um, kind of like, feeling that things will go well together or, or like the the flavor profiles will, will work well um and I also learned a lot about texture at Noma so like a, a real like composed dish it's not just like all crunchy or all soft and like that when I whenever I do Sundays that's like something that comes to the front of my mind it's like a plated dessert like how would I want to eat this like dessert like I want something like soft something warm something cold something crunchy like you want all of those elements there and you started do- even doing something gummy yes <laughs> eat that quickly because it freezes <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the uh, the candy the gummy cherries oh they cherry on top did they so uh, that that feels like it's kind of becoming a thing for you almost like part of a, a brand yeah. is that intentional oh kind of yeah yeah so um we talk about fine dining and like my experience being there but i'm like a kid at heart and you know sometimes you just want like some candy on your ice cream yeah and I wanted like a way like we're thinking of ways like how you know how do we find like these fine luxury cherries to put on top because we can't put maraschino cherries on top that's too obvious so we were gonna put like these fancy luxardo cherries and then we thought like that's not really me like I don't want a fancy yeah I don't want that I want like a gummy cherry (laughs) What is a gum? I I feel like I don't. It's a it's, it's a gummy chair. It's just a, a gummy like a, chair. A, a, it's a, the Haribo. Haribo yeah. yeah. Oh, not Haribo sponsored by Haribo in any way. Not sponsored by Haribo. Not affiliated. The kelp tarts are not sponsored by Kellogg's. No. We're just making sure we're getting. <laughs> Honestly, we'll put this so at the beginning of the episode. I went about a week ago to when when Vic popped up at stock to go get some ice cream, and I saw someone in the window right before me get her ice cream cone, and it was like it was. Um, the second Vic handed it to her, I was like, "That's that's what I want. That's the exact thing I want." And even when and I got to the stole window it from their hand, and you ran yeah. away, I got to the window. Vic's like, "Oh yeah, what can I what can I get for you?" I was like, "I want what she had." Yeah. Um, and it, it just like it it it's such a wonderful presentation, and it was one of those things. Like if it had been a maraschino cherry, I would have been like, "Huh, 
maybe I'll get a cherry. But I saw the gummy cherry and I was like immediately like, ooh, that's fun. I want it. That's something that I want. Um, Cool. So it's it's working (laughs) in case there's any doubts. Um, And, you know, one of the the things that I, I was thankful for and we'll kind of segue this into different you know, experimentation of flavors and textures and whatnot. Um, when when we first came to see you a f- maybe a year and a half ago on Wicked End Street, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I was a little sad about was no chocolate ice cream. Mm-hmm. I love chocolate ice cream. Um, anything with a chocolate base, I, I will almost always get at least one scoop of that. Um, and, you know, that, that for me was like, you know, man, these, these flavors are amazing. It came with a, a little brownie by a a local baker who's been in our show and it was this wonderful little presentation with fancy sprinkles and the brownie and the ice cream um and you know sort of thinking back to that experience i think you had maybe three flavors at the time um when you think about doing your shop what what types of um sort of ice cream confections are you thinking of putting together we definitely want to have some brownie situation yes yeah yeah um and then sandwiches of some sort so like cookie ice cream sandwiches um my thing with those is like don't pre-freeze the whole thing (laughs) that goes back to the texture like you want the softness of the cookie to match the softness of the ice cream so assemble to order on those um we're probably going to do some sort of banana split oh fun which isn't really confection but you know Big gummy banana. A big gummy banana, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And everybody does uh, bananas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, we're kind of figuring out the rest, but we'll have some like pastries for sure. Yeah, and normally your pop-ups have been smaller in scale, right, up until this point. So this is kind of a this is a big undertaking. This is a huge undertaking. It's yeah, um, you know, trying to figure out what are the flavors that people will absolutely show up for and like if those flavors aren't on the menu they're like never coming back like we need vanilla on the menu we need chocolate on the menu like even if it's just for the five-year-old that comes in with his family and like you have to have vanilla you have to have chocolate um but the rest is is sort of like it's gonna change all the time and you get the people who are like that was my favorite flavor why did you take that away and then they try new flavors and they're like, okay, wait, I like this one. So it's, yeah, but big learning curve, big undertaking. How will you sort of evaluate and decide on flavors that are coming up? Like, what's that process like? It's like a little bit of looking at what's in season. Um, and then it's also looking at like the full menu and saying like, is it balanced? Is there, are there too many fruity things on the menu? Um, is there something that has like a composed element to it like that sweet and salty that I had on the menu that has like caramel and toffee in it um you need a couple like flavors like that so we have a waffle cone maker now and we're making our yeah we're making our own waffle cones for the first time which is really exciting yeah so you'll be able to smell that like yummy waffle smell when you walk intoxicating yeah Yeah, ice cream cream shop shop, yeah Uh waffle cones being made like yum (laughs) How have you made them in the past? Were you just like... I was actually buying them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just me actually like to this day, I still have not hired an employee. So we're getting to that point. But um, yeah. And I always felt like 
I'm not going to concentrate on making waffle cones. Like to me, the ice cream is the star. Like I really need to make sure that the ice cream's on point before I start like taking on these other projects. But now we get to do that. So you talked about how it's like high stress in like uh, fine dining mm-hmm. and, uh, and other restaurants. What is the the kitchen situation like in an ice cream shop? Now, I guess you're on your own right now, yeah. primarily making it. But what uh, what kind of atmosphere do you want and what do you expect from that? That's a really good question. I think about that all the time. Um, I want to, you know, I want to be I want my employees to feel like they're in a supportive atmosphere um, and ultimately like that we're like a team and we're a family and that we're all working towards the same goal and like anything that we do any criticism like it's all like to get to the the point that we want to be at um I don't want to be like (laughs) like the French chefs in the kitchen screaming and yelling (laughs) like that's not me anyways but um yeah it'll be interesting to lead a team for the first time have you ever had that experience before or will this be totally new learning experience? Not really. I mean, I've been in a man- like managerial position before, but not in a kitchen. So it'll it'll be new. So you're going to be like Gordon Ramsay, you have ice cream? A little, or... a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's raw. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I so cook it, I guess. I've, I've never worked in an ice cream shop with you. Uh, no. Have I don't you? know why I had to think my own. about no, this. Is your, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, but before this, no. No, and huh. so many people like tell me their first job was in an ice cream shop, yeah. and I was really. I just feel so ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> what a You're fraud. back to step one. Yeah, yeah, what? but now they're accountants, so yeah. what are they doing? <laughs> Boring. Yeah. Back to working in an ice cream shop. What are the jobs and responsibilities in an ice cream shop? Can you sort of walk us through from not having ice cream? to the point where you're able to serve ice cream to a customer? We start sort of building the uh, formulas, and that's like in the research and development stages, um, figuring out what ratios of ingredients you need and like ultimately making a, a menu of flavors and what in- and what ingredients you need to make those in high volume, scaling up, um, and then going into the kitchen with those ingredients. So you'd have a team of pastry chefs, um, it would probably be me and two assistants um, making the actual ice cream, making it, cooking it, making purees from the fruits, spinning it into actual ice cream, making the toppings, making the cones, all of that fun stuff. That's all like back of house, right? Um, kitchen work. And then into the shop, you bring that ooh, bring that ice cream into the shop and um, you need a team there. So you need the scoopers. Um, they're going to be like your front of house. They're the faces that you see when you walk in. They got to make you feel like you're at home. Um, most people walking into an ice cream shop are happy to begin with. So yeah. it's pretty easy. <laughs> um, yeah, some, some manager in the shop as well. Um, to Those same people are going to be mopping the floors at the end of the night locking up the doors and then you start all over again it's not a huge operation but yeah yeah. there's (laughs) certainly a lot of responsibility though yeah there is (laughs) now when you kind of think about the shop and and your place in the shop what where do you feel most at home that's like such a hard question that i've reflected on so much over these past few months like figuring out where where i want to spend the majority of my time and i've realized that as much as i am like a back of house kitchen person like hide from everyone and just like go and focus on my work for the day working at stock has really trained me to like love interacting with people so i've 
I've determined that like I really want to split my time between kitchen and working in the shop and and being able to interact with my customers because that like is my community really. Yeah. And a lot of times as the owner, you become the model for how you want the business to be run and other people being able to see you in all of those roles can kind of see, oh, this is the vision for, you know, how we create this experience for our customers. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. So. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> yeah. But it's usually not dirt. It's usually ice cream. It's so ice cream. Really... So it's super clean. <laughs> yeah. It's really <laughs> amazing. Now with this new shop in uh, in Barrington, have we like fully established? We what's... didn't get into yeah. this. Yeah. So actual, tell us a little yeah. bit about the shop. Where mm-hmm. is it? When yeah. is it open? So we're opening a shop in Barrington. It's on uh, Maple Ave. So right off County Road. Um, we are opening hopefully in a couple of weeks. So yeah. like beginning of May. Excellent. And it's a tiny little shop. It's in a little yellow house. It's adorable. Cool. Um, lots of outdoor seating, bike rack right near the bike path. So, nice. yeah, ride from Providence down to Barrington. Stop yeah, in for beautiful. some ice cream and we'll have it's some great. coffee. We'll have hopefully the nitro cart on tap to fuel your ride back to Providence. Wow. We're, we're moving I'm already to there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very exciting time in, in East Bay news. Unlike... Um, 95% of the ice cream shops in Rhode Island that close for the winter. We want to be open year round. And that might mean like flipping the menu a little bit to concentrate a little bit more on like um, Sundays or composed dishes, so to speak, warm brownies a la mode kind of thing. Um, but we definitely want to be open year round. So in addition to the the Barrington location, are you still going to do pop-ups? Are you still going to like make sure you have a presence other places? Yeah, so we're definitely still going to be at the window at Stock on Hope Street. Um, hopefully like three days a week through the summer. Um, I don't want to, yeah, I definitely don't want to leave Stock ever. And I don't want to like leave, like abandon our like east side community. So um, we'll, we'll do that. But we're going to like ease off the pop-up circuit a little bit. So... Um, a little bit of a, less of a traveling circus setup, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if if you wouldn't mind, so I know that there's kind of a fun story behind the window at stock. Mm-hmm. There wasn't always a window at stock. There wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? That happened. That there was a window, but it wasn't a sliding window. <laughs> and um, Jan and I talked about we were just having a conversation like we do and. We're in the shop and we're talking about like possibly doing something on a regular basis through the summer, trying to do something more regular with the ice cream at stock. And we kind of both looked up at that window on the corner and we looked at each other and we we're kind of like, are we thinking the same thing? Can we do something with that window? And uh, Jan's always wanted to do like some sort of walk up window there. And it just like felt like the perfect time to do this. So she said, get some quotes. Let's do it. I, and we put the window in like the next week. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I couldn't imagine somebody ever doing that for me. Yeah. Mm. It was, it was amazing. It's, it makes me so happy. Every time I think about it, it makes me happy to have that home base and like to be a part of like that establishment is so cool. Yeah. All of the girls on the like bitchin' panel, yeah. um, we like, every time we're together, we're kind of like, how's Jan like good yeah I still want to be Jan when I grow up like yeah she's just got it she's just awesome yeah so actually let's let's talk a little bit about bitchin yeah there's so many women who are not only running incredibly sustainable businesses and and just making really 
wonderful choices as, as business owners, et cetera. Yeah. You're, you've kind of all come together in this community. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to just sort of talk about that, how it came to be, how it started, et cetera. Just give us the, give us the scoop. Yeah. So to speak, yeah. On, on. <laughs> Boo. <I love> <laughs> It's uh, it's it's really, I think, such a funny story um, because I met Jan shopping in her store and I got a job with Jan at Stock. Then I met Lori because Lori was wholesaling her donuts to Stock on Sundays. And so I became friends with Lori there. Um, and then I met Audrey from the Nitro Cart because they put a tap in at Stock and Audrey and I became friends. And then... Milena with Rebel started doing pop-ups at Stock while I was the event coordinator there. And so I became friends with Milena. <laughs> and then um, I was starting a business and Audrey, Milena, and Lori were all there for me when I was starting. Um, I started out of Pilotworks or what was Pilotworks and Becca and Tiff um, and Morgan were all working out of that kitchen. And so we all became friends there. And it just kind of sprouted so organically into this like super cool, badass female like foodie network. Yeah. It was just super cool to see it happen and then like, to see the bitchin' event sprout from that um, where we're like really hoping to be like a platform for other people trying to start businesses to like reach out to us and like hopefully we can lend some like good advice or like a helping hand in some way or another. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great little community. The, what was the first event on? The first event was really just like a general like overview of what it's like to be a woman in business. Um, I really liked that we did the second one as more focused yeah. on like one topic. So we're going to try to do that more going forward. And the second one was around fundraising? Um, just money. Yeah, like f- finances in general. Yeah. yeah. I'm familiar as an outsider about this can we get a definition of what bitch the bitchin event is sure so it's um we're not like an organization or anything like official um we just uh we're you know a couple ladies in food here and we um host these events we call them bitchin um we've hosted them at rebel bagels both times um And it's sort of a panel discussion. So one of us acts as the moderator and the rest of us are on the panel. And we have kind of a QA and a forum on um, whatever topic we're trying to discuss. The last one was on finance. And then we open it up to the audience for questions. And then we network a little bit with the people who attend. Last time we we sold tickets and we sold out pretty quickly. So people are definitely interested in, in looking for like this kind of community. One of the one of the things that strikes me about women led events versus any other type of event <laughs> is that women led events tend to be more supportive and inclusive and um, conscious about creating an open and safe environment for people who are there in a way that other events just aren't. Was there an intention for you going into that to? create that kind of environment or did that just happen as a result of who you all are I think it's a little bit of both honestly I think we're like that but we also wanted to uh, portray that very clearly like we didn't we didn't want there to be any question about exclusivity or anything um and I I hope we're achieving that yeah it's it's tough 
we've had a little bit of kickback and it's it's like pains me it pains me so deep inside to like hear any negative feedback um about these panels because we're really like trying to like put our energy into something really good for the community it's not for us you know it's 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 supposed to be something so positive but how do we do that in a way that's like everyone can be there and everyone's included and everyone's supported we're not we're small business owners, you know, we don't have the time to organize like huge, like weekend long events, like we're just trying to do what we can with what we have. So we're, we're, you know, we're visiting that idea of like, being welcome and open and all of these things. We're like, really trying to nail that down. But it's not as easy as we, we thought it was going into it. <laughs> now, is this for um, any type of business? Or is it like specifically food oriented? So we started it to be really specific to like food, people trying to be in the women trying to be in the food industry and and mostly just for the sake of being like not wasting people's times because our experience is very specific to the food industry. We've had a few people ask about other industries other than food and we like are so we encourage women to like start something of their own because like it, you know, it takes six people to do it but if you each have your own job and you organize it together like you can make something happen really easily victoria was generous enough to actually invite me a few weeks ago um to come to the the finance one and i'm not in food not a woman Mm -hmm. i think it's super great and it's such it's such a good thing for providence uh, to have it's just yeah there's just not there's not a lot of stuff like this Mm -hmm. yeah i'd like to take it to the um creative aspect of what Mm -hmm. you do because uh just I mean, uh, you just look at your Instagram feed and it's like, oh my god, no idea how anyone would have thought of these and I want to eat all of them. <laughs> so where do you where do you draw inspiration from for your ice cream ideas? It's kind of insane. I definitely have like a creative mind where I'll go like through sort of like writer's block <laughs> and mm. like not be able to come up with a single flavor. Sure. Um, and then I'll just have like these moments of like furiously jotting down ideas in a notebook. But I definitely... You know, I've done flavors in the past, like inspired by Alice in Wonderland. I've done flavors inspired by like Cherry Bomb magazine, which is like a female foodie magazine. Um, flavors inspired by travel, things I've tried in restaurants. Like I, there, it's like limitless. Yeah. Do you have and favorite cookbooks? Um, Fancy Desserts by Brooks Headley. Brooks Headley. He owns um, actually now a vegetarian burger place in New York City called Superiority Burger. But he was a fine dining pastry chef. But he's this like punk rock chef with like black nail polish. And like, yeah, that's my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Our, our last episode we released was with a writer. And we went through a lot of her creative process and journaling and writing. It sounds like you have some of uh, at least some of that as well like each day maybe you have you try to like come up with new ideas or do you have any kind of like form like not formula but method to it Um, not really I work really well under pressure so (laughs) um, when I have like an event coming up yeah um, one way I really like I like to push myself and one way I did that with the window last summer was changing the menu every week wow so like that was my deadline was like okay like I by Sunday or Monday have to have my menu for next weekend ready because I have to start making ice cream um so it's just like a constant like and even when I'm jotting down ideas like uh 
I'll rarely like revisit those pages unless I'm like bone dry of ideas. Like I still try to come up with new ones. I'm not like, oh, okay, like the bank is full. Like I can just withdraw ideas from that. Like I'm still like pushing to come up with new ones. Yeah. And you normally go or I feel like traditionally I've I've gone to an ice cream shop and it's like 99% of what they have is always the same. And they might have like a couple special things. Mm -hmm. But for you, it's almost like every day is something new or every week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely try to keep it fresh. Like I don't, I don't want it to be like, I've had that flavor. Like it's the same menu. It's like, (laughs) to me, that's so boring. Coming from the person whose favorite flavor is vanilla rainbow sprinkles. (laughs) It's like, do not make my ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Boring. (laughs) Coming up with a flavor. I feel like it could go wrong so easily. Clams. Clam flavor. (laughs) Deep. Nope. Deep fried would be good. Do you ever start out with bad ideas to get to the good ones? Yeah. I'm sure I have at some point. I try to block that out of my mind. (laughs) What's the worst ice cream flavor you've made? Oh, um, I feel like that's so subjective. Which which well, one has been your never, least? What's your least favorite? Uh, it's probably never been released. I'm assuming oh. you made one that you didn't like. Yeah, I, I I do have to say that I'm not a I'm not personally a big fan of matcha, um, but I make matcha. Yeah. So yeah, I I do make flavors that I don't personally like. Sure. Right. Um. But you understand there's a there's a profile to it that's appealing to people. Yeah. Yes. And, how yeah. do you how do you evaluate that? Yeah. People have to taste it for me. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll know if it's d- totally disgusting. I'm, I'll know that myself. But, like, whether it's, like, hit the flavor profile on the head for something that I'm not really a huge fan of, like, I definitely have people to try for me. Yeah. Like a vegetarian making a pork chop or something. Right. You're like, I don't know <laughs> if this is good, but people tell me it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of sweets have salt in them. Mm-hmm. Does ice cream also have salt in it? So, a really, really, really small amount of salt because too much and it won't freeze right yeah so you can't really it's like really a big part of like pastries desserts like cakes right you smell the flavor of it and with ice cream you can't really smell ice cream so um that's why the flavor has to be so much punchier because you you're relying on your taste buds and not your um nasal receptors to like get that flavor profile it's um that's one thing i went really light on the flavors when i first started because i was like Oh, but you don't need that much. But with ice cream, you really need like so much more of that. Yeah, yeah. I guess you don't walk into an ice cream place. Well, I mean, that's actually the benefit of the, the making the cones. cones. Yeah, you yeah. walk in and you get that experience. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm ready to eat something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you, yeah, you try out the flavors and, huh. And the hot Smart. fudge smells like mm-hmm. hot fudge. And that's true. Butterscotch smells like butterscotch. Oh, and the, the cherries smell like cherries. <laughs> the rainbow sprinkles smell like rainbows. Smell like nothing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I... Real quick uh, tangent. I yeah. I always get rainbow sprinkles on my ice cream. Nice. Any kind of ice cream, and it has to be rainbow sprinkles. What is why, why do you like rainbow sprinkles on I, your ice cream? I can only believe that it's a nostalgic thing. I, maybe that's what it is for me too. Yeah. I don't know. They so don't it's, taste it's not like the anything. taste. No. Oh, is it tex- is it texture though? There's texture. Do... There is some texture to it, right? Like yeah. it gives a little bit of a it's a crunch, crunch. A little tooth. Yeah, crunch. Um, but it's not like there's no real flavor to them. I won't get chocolate. I won't get like yeah, uh, yeah chocolate sprinkles or anything like that. Though it's got to be a rainbow. Mm-hmm. I've eaten more ice cream with JP probably than almost any other human on the planet. Possibly. <laughs> And JP's go-to is, oh, that flavor looks good. That flavor looks good. I'm going to get those. doesn't matter if they go good together. Yeah. And then I'm going to get hot fudge all over it. And then rainbow sprinkles on top. So much so that it's like, why do you even, why even pick the two flavors? Like, (laughs) 
Well, and sometimes I'll, yeah. You know what? I, I'm just, I'm throwing, I'm throwing haterade on your it's ice cream. A, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. I think it's a good method. I mean, there, there are a lot of methods to choosing your ice cream. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's got to be sweet and it's got to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm going to go into her shop and I'm going to order this this abomination or concoction, He's however you want to call it. And she's not going to shake her head at me no, like you shake your head no, at me. No, I won't, I won't, I won't flavor shame you. Right. Yeah. But as I leave, she'll be like, whoa, what a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps coming back though. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so what's your what's the favorite flavor you've ever made that's another hard one <laughs> i am like i'm not a chocolate ice cream person but i am really in love with this chocolate sorbet that i came up with because it's like super fudgy and dark chocolate like that dark chocolate is just there but there's no dairy in it right so that's it's one thing like marvelous. i do make some flavors that are dairy free but my reason for making it dairy free is not to make it dairy free it has to be better than the dairy include like inclusive version um so yeah it's like that dark chocolate sorbet is it made me really happy <laughs> now is that would that actually still be like a traditional ice cream or is that like move into a different territory um but yeah technically it's not ice cream it's it's sorbet oh it's sorbet you did say that what yeah. a fool i am no. <laughs> you don't call it sorbet on the menu do you no i call it dark chocolate truffle yeah, yeah. but if i wanted to like package it like i could not write ice cream on there it would have to say sorbet or frozen dessert like they're all regulations on that yeah is that a is that a thought down the uh down the road a little bit not i'm not trying to be like ben and jerry's like in stop and shop but um they're yeah to have pints in like some specialty stores would be cool will you sell them through your shop do you think yeah we'll definitely have pints in the shop we'll probably we'll probably do hand-packed pints so whatever flavors you can take home yeah so we'll do that, and where we might even do some like um, not hoodsy cups, but like mini, like maybe single scoop versions of of like a pint container to go. Yeah. So if you want to share that flavor, your friend couldn't make it that day, bring some ice cream home for them. And we'll bring it with some rainbow sprinkles and hot fudge for <laughs> Mr. Camara here. At least rainbow sprinkles. I can I can do without. I can live without the hot fudge. But those rainbow sprinkles, I gotta get that crunch. I gotta get that crunch. <laughs> you mentioned, I think you alluded to it a little bit, uh, collaboration in Providence. Like obviously, yeah. you've created this amazing relationship with these other business owners. Has that been your experience throughout Providence and just collaboration in general? Is just super open and. Yeah, for the most part, everyone that I've spoken to has been very receptive about working on collaborations together. I'm like constantly, maybe subconsciously, like on the lookout for new um, businesses to collaborate with. But I love doing repeat collaborations and kind of like it gives me an opportunity to like tweak things along the way and like we can make things better, introduce new ideas. So um, we did a few, you know, with well all of the all of the girls on the panel we've done some sort of collaboration like when I popped up at hometown poke I I did obviously we're not going to do a poke ice cream but we're (laughs) going to do um you know I tailored my menu to their shop and I tried to do something a little bit more like tropical we did something passion fruit we did something with yuzu um so that's like that's another fun challenge for me to like make my menu fit into this like framework that's already there but yeah everyone in the food scene here seems to be like really excited to work together and kind of get that cross promotion going any diet we've ever been on it's like (laughs) why are we doing this diet when and i'm like planning out like going like i want this i want like the pop tarts from from rebel and i want you know 
And JP's in between diets now. I am. I'm <laughs> oh. <laughs> I need to. I need to come up with something that allows me a little more flexibility. Yeah, maybe during. everything in moderation. Maybe that just like you can only cheat when it has to do with like the the women on the bitchin' panel. Right. Like, those That's are the amazing... desserts that you can eat. Yeah. It's, I'll call it the bitchin' diet. There you go. That's it. This is beautiful. You better, yeah, you better trademark that. I know. It's gonna I'm, be a thing. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who can get on our phone faster and go to the copyright site. I do actually I do love the framework idea though of having to go into a business and like figure out how to make your ice cream part of that not just coming in and being like here's the thing I do and now I'm doing it with you guys yeah. like yeah sorry I just thought that was really cool no yeah it's like something that I love we did the Narragansett um, made on honor market a few times and like I would always put like a some sort of beer or stout ice cream on the menu oh wow and like an IPA sorbet um and like I'm very conscious of that and like when I first started popping up at stock I was like okay i need something kid friendly but also like adult like friendly um i'm trying to think of other places that but yeah it's it's a fun challenge so there's beer in the ice cream or it's just some yeah, kind of oh beer wow in the ice cream Jeepers. yeah what in the this, world is this? this is ice cream witchcraft <laughs> <laughs> even sorcery <laughs> yeah it was that was a hard one to like nail the texture of because obviously yeah, yeah. alcohol doesn't freeze so you have to figure that out the ratio right. but huh. And not yeah. being like overpowering, but still having like a sweetness right. to it. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the Long Live Beer Works Nitro Cart Stout. Yeah. Um That is like actually one of probably one of my favorite flavors that I've ever made. And I'm not a big beer beer person at all, but it's like chocolatey coffee. Yeah, a little bit of beer. Do do like pop rocks work in ice cream or no? Yeah, yeah. So I did that. You did. Yeah. Oh. Um, we did a pop up at World's Fair Gallery on Broadway, and it was Lois. Uh, was it was one of the artists was having uh, an opening reception, so we popped up, and I worked with the artist. She made some cool like graphic cone sleeves for my cones and we collaborated on flavors and I took two of the titles of her pieces of artwork and made them into ice cream flavors and one of them was like rocket pop and it was like red white and blue and so I thought let's put berry jam swirl and strawberry pop rocks in ice cream and yeah you got the pop popping this is really interesting because I mean, I'm not saying this to just be like, oh, you're on a show and this is a, I'll just say a nice thing. Like there's a there's a sense of artistry to the ice cream that you make, Thank you, you know, versus uh, which isn't to downplay other people's businesses or say they're mm-hmm. bad or anything. But there's a it's just another level of creativity to what you, you do. Yeah, so. that's what I'm definitely aiming for. So I appreciate hearing that. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. So you're opening up your shop soon and you're going into this brand new venture that you haven't you basically have never done before. So the question I have for you is how has this opportunity to explore the limits of your creativity transformed you as a person? I think in in the whole process of starting starting a business that I have no experience with and kind of going through these like ups and downs of like now I know what I'm doing and then having something new come along and now I have no idea what I'm doing and like kind of working through that like over and over again. Um, it's been the most challenging process I've ever gone through and it gets a little bit easier every time. But I think the most important thing that I've taken from it is to like make sure that I'm not pouring like I'm not trying to pour from an empty pot and like taking care of myself 
because that's like something that I've historically not done a good job at doing. <laughs> um, so very personal to me is like that, like making sure that I'm I'm okay and then being able to do a really good job at everything else I'm trying to do. And how will that make you the best ice cream shop in Rhode Island? That will, <laughs> well, hopefully I'll be the best ice cream shop in Rhode Island because I'll never stop doing what I'm doing and never stop trying to push myself. I never... I mean, I think it's, it's proven to, I've proven to myself that I never stay in that comfort zone very long. And then I still push myself and I still try to challenge myself over and over again, even if it's like the hard thing to do. You know, I don't settle on a menu and I don't settle on doing it one way just because it's easy and I figured it out. So hopefully continuing to push myself will, will translate into like being an exciting place for people to visit. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully. <laughs> How's it feel to say that you'll be the best ice cream shop in Rhode Island? I feel really weird about saying that. <laughs> Anyways, that's the uh, that's the supercut we're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that that's gonna be the Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the opener. Victoria <laughs> Open Young thinks she's the best ice cream shop in Rhode Island. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, I promise we're the most modest ice cream yeah. maker oh, in Rhode yeah. Island. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for being on our show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Girl Let's Talk About Food presented by You Can Do It, Do It. You can visit our website at youcandoitdoit.com to learn more about what Victoria is up to and definitely visit her shop if you're in or around Providence, Rhode Island. It's going to be really great and uh, she makes super awesome ice cream. Big thanks to Night Swim for the use of their song Fiji as the theme song for this show. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify and lots of other places too. Uh, also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. Uh, we've got actually two shows now. Girl, let's talk about food as well as you can do it. Do it. And uh, we're pumped to do both. So talk to you soon. Bye.